Hello, sports fans, and welcome to another edition of Yesterday Sports on the Sports History Network. And make sure to check out sportshistorynetwork.com slash giveaways. I have two signed books I'm giving away. One is titled No Nonsense Old School Weight Training, and the other is Reliving 1970s Old School Football. Welcome to Football is Family, a podcast dedicated to the fan and fan experience. My name is Jeremy McFarland, and I want to look at the positive behind what makes football so enjoyable to watch and follow. I want to know why you are a fan of your team, of a player, or an era of football. Whether the pros, college, or high school, I want to hear and share your stories and your love for the game. If you want to be part of this podcast, please message me on Twitter at Jeremy underscore McFarlane, or on Facebook at the Footballist Family Facebook page. Welcome back to the Footballist Family podcast. Uh, I, for the past couple of weeks, I've been talking about, you know, things that kind of, from an encouraging perspective, that one person can make a difference and that uh, you can make a difference no matter where you may be in your life, that you might be able to change somebody else's life. You never know. You know, you never know what life may give you. And I encourage you to get out there and to try to help. Try to be a positive light to people in this dark world that we're living in. Well, I was thinking, uh, in the NFL, you're given opportunities. If you're, if you're on an NFL team, even at a practice squad, even during the time that you're on the 90-man roster now during the preseason, you're given opportunity. And now... Whether you're given a great opportunity, that's that's one thing, but you're given an opportunity to make a team. You know, if you're drafted first overall, like Trevor Lawrence was this year, you're pretty much guaranteed to make the roster, and you you better make the roster. They invested a lot in you. But there are sometimes where people, uh, they're not guaranteed to make a roster. We all know about Tom Brady and, and, and seeing him cry because he was drafted uh, in the sixth round. I was like, Tom, you were drafted in the sixth round. You have seven Super Bowl rings. You're worth hundreds of millions of dollars. I think, I think we know how great you are. We don't have to talk about that anymore. But there are people out there who are what they call undrafted free agents. Basically, and this is what I understand about that, is these are people that are not selected in the seven rounds of the current NFL draft. And there were many, many r- more rounds uh, re- in the past history of the NFL, but basically if they're not drafted, then any team can go out there and sign them. And in fact, I've heard people say that the, uh, you know, the general manager tells recruiters to basically go out there and sign as many people as you possibly can off of this list that he has. And you hope you can get the guy that you're looking for. Even if you didn't draft him, you hope you can get the guy that you're looking for. And I was wondering about this, and and most of the time when you are an undrafted free agent, you are pretty much camp fodder. You don't make the team. But what was interesting, according to NFL.com, and I I couldn't find the year that this was in. It may have been a couple, three years ago. On the opening day roster of the 32 teams, there were 486 undrafted players who made the squad. 486 made the 32 teams. And they could have been on the practice squad, but these made the teams. So it is possible for you to be an undrafted free agent and make an NFL team. But the special ones, the special ones, 
can do a lot more than that. Malcolm Butler, undrafted free agent, guess what he did in Super Bowl 49? He made the last second interception that won the game for the Patriots. I also helped my Titans out. We miss you, Malcolm. I wish you luck, my friend. But there are some special players. There are some special players in my series just decided to go off there. There's some special players who uh, not only have made the rosters, but have made the NFL Pro Football Hall of Fame. In fact, there are 15 people who have made the Pro Football Hall of Fame who came out of being undrafted. Now, there's two more that, as of right now, I can see making it, and that's Adam Benateri and James Harrison. Um, but there are 15 people who have made the NFL Pro Football Hall of Fame who were undrafted. And I want to talk about just a few of them. And you want to say that, you know, if life gives you a bad go, that you can still make good out of it. These people did just that. Kurt Warner. Kurt Warner is probably the most famous one out of the bunch that I'm going to mention. And I remember when Kurt Warner actually uh, came out, he went to the Packers, didn't make the team, didn't make the team. Ended up being a cashier, stocking shelves. Uh, went and played in the World League. Went and played in the Arena Football League. And when he was given his opportunity to back up the St. Louis Rams at the time, he was 27 years old. Sounds kind of like a Brandon Whedon-type situation. When you're 27 and you're basically getting your first go in the NFL, uh, you don't really have a lot of chance. Well, what did he do with his, with his life? Listen to this. He won two MVPs. Went to three Super Bowls. Probably should have won the second one against the the, uh, Patriots. He took the Cardinals, the Arizona Cardinals, to the Super Bowl and probably should have beat the Steelers. In his career, he threw 208 touchdowns. 27-year-old, and he did all that. Now, He's not the only one that was out there that could do these things. Why don't you listen to this guy named John Randall? Many of you probably don't know who John Randall is. I encourage you to watch his, um, watch some of his highlights on YouTube. John Randall wasn't the biggest guy, but he had something that is called drive and motivation. Crazy, crazy guy. Played 14 seasons. Listen to this. He had 10 or more sacks in nine of those 14 seasons. That's insane. 137.5 sacks, 471 tackles, 29 forced fumbles. When he came out around the corner, any tackle worth his salt would say, you know what, he's going to get past me more times than I'm going to block him. They just have to admit that. John Randall was a force for the Vikings and I believe for the Seahawks as well. But for the Vikings especially, I remember watching him growing up, and I knew that if the Vikings were on TV. John Randall would be a central part of their defensive, uh, their defensive plant. Undrafted free agent, Warren Moon. Now I remember Warren Moon, especially when I would watch the Houston Oilers play. But he also played for the Seahawks, which he was looked great. Warren Moon looked great in any uniform that he was wearing, but he looked great in those old school Steve Largent Seattle Seahawks uniforms. And, and if you're listening, Seahawks fans, push for those uniforms back. I, I want to see the Brian Bosworth, the Boz, come out wearing those. I want to see Jim Zorn and Steve Large and Kurt Warner. I want to see them come back wearing those old-school kingdom-type jerseys. Warren Moon uh, wasn't drafted. 
didn't be, get picked up in the NFL until he was 28 years old. 28. He went up to Canada and lit up the Canadian football. He came down and in 1984 signed with the Houston Oilers. Now, the thing that really made uh, Warren Moon people kind of shy off is because they had a view that a black quarterback could not start in the NFL. And he proved everybody wrong time and time and time and time and time again. He deserved his place in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Warren Moon is an amazing quarterback. But listen to these stats, just a couple of these. In, in his time with the Seahawks and with the Vikings, oh, my goodness, his Vikings time was amazing. He just aired the ball out. With the Oilers, people remember the time that the Oilers lost that lead against the Bills. But they're there. they were there in the playoffs because of Warren Moon, okay, because of Warren Moon. And his time with the Chiefs as well. He threw for 49,325 yards. 49,325 yards and 291 touchdowns. Not only is he probably the best free agent, undrafted free agent to ever play in the NFL, he is one of the top 10 quarterbacks of all time. The only knock against him is he didn't win a Super Bowl. But it wasn't because of Warren Moon. It wasn't because of Warren Moon. You go back a little bit, 1966, Emmett Thomas. Now, I encourage you to watch some of his film as well with the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, the AFL getting off the ground, uh, they especially the AFL, but the Kansas City Chiefs, they would go all over the country looking for diamonds in the rough. And guess what they got? They got a diamond with Emmett Thomas. 58 interceptions, 12 interceptions in 74 alone, five Pro Bowls, one All-Pro, and one Super Bowl. Now, I would tell you this, uh, Super Bowl four. you know, we, we talk a lot about Super Bowl three with the Jets. Super Bowl four was probably the more important of the two Super Bowls because what people were saying was the Jets lucked up and win but the uh, Minnesota Vikings are going to destroy the Kansas City Chiefs. If the Chiefs lost that Super Bowl, there would be a different view on the AFC today. But people like Emmett Thomas kept that from happening, and the Chiefs, Chiefs ran away with that Super Bowl. Willie Brown, 1963, Denver Broncos. He was a pro bowler by the second season, played 16 years in the NFL. 16 years. 54 interceptions, nine Pro Bowls, five All-Pros, one Super Bowl. Amazing. Willie Wood. Tell you what, I've read several books about Vince Lombardi and about the Green Bay Packers of the 50s and the 60s. Vince Lombardi knew about discrimination. Vince Lombardi was, was Italian, uh, Roman Catholic, and where the area he was from, he understood the idea of discrimination because of those two things. When people looked at Vince Lombardi, they just looked at his last name. But the fact is that he was probably one of the best offensive-minded coaches that you will ever find, and he understood how to get the most out of his team to the point where even if his team didn't have a lot of uh, talent, he took what they could do and he polished it so they could do it better than everybody else. Try to stop the, the Green Bay Packers sweep. He, they knew it was coming, and no one could stop it. 
he understood what Willie Wood was going through. And he also knew how to get the most out of players like Willie Wood. 48 interceptions. Eight Pro Bowls. That's insane right there. Five All-Pros. Listen to this. Five NFL championships. Two Super Bowls. Willie Wood. Night Train Lane. Now, I love watching Night Train Lane play. He would not be playing today in the same way because of how the concussion rules are. Well, basically, when you see the night train lane clothesline, if you were going over the middle or going in his area, he would take his arm and just basically knock you out. 1952, he was a rookie. He led the league with 14 interceptions. 68 total interceptions in 14 years. That's incredible. Seven Pro Bowls, three All-Pros. One last one that I want to look at is Jack Butler from St. Bonaventure. 1951 to 1959, 52 interceptions, four touchdowns, four Pro Bowls, three All-Pros. And there's, there are many more that we can look at here. But the point I'm trying to make is you've got the, you, you have the opportunities, just like these men did, to, to do the best you can with the life that you have. And sometimes life is not going to give you the positives that you want or, or won't break your way. But that doesn't mean that you cannot succeed in life, that you can't prevail over certain things. These men took situations, especially those who, you know, you you think about Night Train Lane and Willie Wood and men like that. They had several, several more draft rounds than they do today. And these men weren't even picked. What do you think was going through their mind? I'll tell you what was going through their mind when they unveiled the bust there at Canton. I said, look at this. All those doubters, all those people who passed on me. Now, when they walk by in Canton, they're going to pass the bust, my bust there. That's what they're thinking. You know, some of these men might not even say it, but I'll tell you what, there's going to be, it's got to be in the back of the mind that said, I proved you wrong. You and I, we can do a lot of great things in our lives. Don't ever count yourself short. Don't ever cut yourself down. You are capable of doing great things. These men did. I believe you can too. Again, thank you all for listening to the Footballers Family Podcast. Next couple of weeks, we should have a a couple of guests on that I think you're going to enjoy. Till then, I will talk to you later. Hey there, Sports History fan. This is Arnie Chapman, a.k.a. the Football History Dude, and I wanted to thank you for stopping by to listen to another episode here on the Sports History Network. Our podcasters are passionate about uncovering and sharing sports stories from yesteryear. And if you didn't know it already, we have over 30 shows across the network covering all sorts of sports history topics. In fact, here's a glimpse into one of our awesome podcasts here on the network. Join George Bozica, the president of the PFRA, and myself, John Bozica, each month for the Professional Football Researchers Association official podcast. We'll discuss the history of the game, the many names of the game, and so many different things for you, making the history of football not only entertaining, but fun at the same time, as we join you on the Sports History Network on the official PFRA podcast. How about that? I bet you're super hyped to go listen to that new podcast, right? Well, to learn about this show and all the other podcasts on the network, head over to sportshistorynetwork.com 
forward slash podcast. Again, that's sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Head over there today to find your next favorite sports history podcast.